Hello, I'm Carolyn Valley. And I'm Kate Valley. And this is Friday Night at Blockbuster, the podcast about movies from the 2000s. Uh, I will say, before it happens now, we are recording on the long weekend. So if there are sounds in the background of any distant fireworks going off, um, you know, we can think that that's somebody celebrating us doing a good job, but it's probably not. So if they're there, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about them. So we'll deal with it if, if it happens. Before we get into the movie this week, I sent you, Kate, I sent you a lot of trailers for upcoming movies and things that have sort of caught my eye going forward. And so uh, I think I sent you five or six or something like that. And so uh, any any that stand out to you, any movie trailers that you you know, saw in the last couple of days that you sort of said to yourself, like, oh, fuck, I got the pencil and the date to go see that movie? So the one that was unexpected, partly, there were two that I hadn't heard of. Um, Wait, which two? Which so two? So the two that I hadn't heard of were Theater Camp and The Creator. Okay, yeah. They, the other ones, so the other ones he had sent me were Killers of the Flower Moon, Dune Part 2, The New Hunger Games, and then Indiana Jones. So those four I had kind of... I knew we were on the cards, had heard small talk about, I think, uh, as a family, we kind of chatted about them or things like that. These two, though, Theater Camp and The Creator, were totally new to me. Theater Camp kind of seems like a, my kind of movie. Yeah, <laughs> like... it looks really good. It looks really funny. It looks funny. It looks like they're kind of poking fun at theater kids. And I wouldn't say I was a theater kid. I didn't do a whole lot. But I enjoy going to the theater. Um so yeah, it just kind of, it just seems like a fun movie. And in comparison to some of the other movies that you sent that are maybe fun for different reasons or for a specific crowd, <laughs> this I think will just be fun for everybody. I think everybody will hopefully be able to enjoy this one. Um, the Hunger Games one, I had also heard talk about, I enjoyed the original set of movies. Uh, I read all the books. I've read the books, I think, a couple of times now. I would have been okay with this not being made into a movie. So, the Hunger Games one, it's a prequel, right? It's a prequel. Okay. It's about Snow, so kind of the villain, the overarching villain in the Hunger Games. It's him as a teen. Oh, great. So we're getting a villain origin story and yeah. a prequel on top of it. Okay. <laughs> So this Pretty is... Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so I only watched the first Hunger Games movie. I didn't okay. watch anything else after that. I didn't read any of the books. I sort of said after the first one, like, okay, I get it. I'm, like, I know what's going to happen here. I've seen it before. Um, my thing with prequels... Yep. They have to do a really good job of convincing you why they should exist in the first place. Especially when... It's a prequel to a movie series that is all about revolution that yeah. I'm sure ends with the revolution. So, like, what are we building towards? Like, yeah. what what stakes are we possibly going to have? What story are we possibly going to tell where we know the ending? Yeah. Like, you, you can do it. We, we recently just talked about The Godfather Part 2. Yeah. That has a prequel and a sequel all in one movie. And, like... They do a great job. They do it. Yeah. They do it. So, like, it's possible... You just need to try really hard to convince me and other people like why you should exist. Yeah. For the Hunger Games, 
in the main part of the story, right? Like we follow Katniss in the 74th Hungry Games or whatever. This one we follow, uh, he's not President Snow, I'm blanking on his first name, but Snow in something like the 7th Hunger Games or something like that. I would have enjoyed more a prequel of the original revolution. So like, how did they get broken up into districts? That's what I would have enjoyed. Not him seven years into this and he's a trainer and gets partnered with a girl from district 12. He, like, yeah. Like, he, so. like we don't need to, we don't need to stay on hunger games too much here, but like, here's what I was picking up was that like, there are definitely, I could see callbacks to the original movie in this one, but the, problem is now you're calling back to something that hasn't happened yet so actually what was happening in the original movies are the callback to what's happening here yeah and it's sort of just like guys like we this is so unnecessary we didn't need this but we live in an ip world so i think you know. i can guess though if we're moving on from hunger games which one you're the most excited for because you've just told us he sat us down we've had just a nice dinner as a family and he's like okay guys let's all go watch this trailer he's like i've already watched this about a hundred times so, yeah. well, like it's gonna be no surprise. Like, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon trailer came out this week because it's playing at the Cannes Film Festival. And, um, the movie is reportedly, I think, three and a half hours long. Oh my god, I've probably watched the trailer enough times now to equal three and a half hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a less than two minute trailer. Um, I just think it looks incredible, like the production on it the way that the i think the story is going to be told where i've read the book um it's been a few years but i have read the book and um i think they're gonna they're gonna they're, they're i don't think they're gonna focus as much on the sort of police investigation that the book eventually does like the, the okay. second half of the book more or less becomes a like this is how the fbi started um and i think they're gonna focus a lot on the osage people a lot on the relationships uh, a lot on how they were sort of being dealt with um, when they were moved to this uh, area, I think of Oklahoma. And um, yeah, just like I was reminded watching the trailer, I was reminded of this story um, years and years and years ago when Martin Scorsese was making Gangs New York and he was making it in Italy and he basically recreated New York in the 19, I don't know what it is then, or sorry, not the 19, the 18, Hundreds, sometime in the 1800s, whatever. Wait, saying. Gangs of New York is not filmed in New York? No, no. Oh, God. No. Okay. So he basically, but he rebuilt New York. Okay. He rebuilt, like all of that is sets and, and things like that. And I think, I can't remember who the, who the other filmmaker was, but somebody came to visit him on set and basically just walked around and saw everything that he was doing and remarked to him like, you know, we can build this on a computer now. And like, Marty doesn't play like that. And watching the trailer for this, I was like, he fucking did it again. He took Apple's money and is like, I'm going to build everything. And it looks, it just looks so lived in. It looks so like tactile. Like you could actually go and like touch it. And you know what I mean? Like it's a real place. And yeah, I just think, I think it's going to be a special movie. I will say, I think it's of the trailers. It was the first one I watched and I've started to pick up on music a little bit more and I find I pick up on music more on trailers. The music is intense. Oh yeah. So like from the start, yeah. you're kind of like, Ooh, Just like keeps building and building yeah. and yeah. And so the one line that kind of stuck out to me in the trailer as well is, can you find the wolves 
in this picture. In this picture. Yeah. And like the last scene when it's all like a room full of white people and they all just turn to the camera and it's set again. And I was just like, ooh, like. Spoiler alert. Ooh. They're all wolves. <laughs> They're all the wolves. I know what you're doing, Marty. I see it. Yeah. I see and it. And so I was just like, ooh, like that is well done. So for trailers though, how much does a director sit, have in making of a trailer? Very you know little. I mean? okay. Very little. Okay. Yeah. There, there'd be a few directors out there who would make their own trailers um, because they know what they will and won't want to give away. Okay. Uh, but most of the time the trailers are done by uh, like the studio like hires. Like kind of a third party. Yeah. Almost. Like the studio hires another, like they're, they're, they're it's a production house. Like there, there are production houses that specialize in making trailers. Um, and like many times trailers are made before the movie is finished. And that's, yeah. that's why certain things show up in a trailer that then aren't in the movie because they were cut afterwards. You know what I mean? So there are things like that. So like, yeah, um, you're just trying to get a flavor, right? You're just trying to get a, an understanding. So like, I didn't get you to watch it because I'm not watching anymore, but there was a second Oppenheimer trailer that came out, I think earlier this week. Yep. And like, I'm not watching it. I already know I'm going. Yeah. I've watched one trailer and, you know, I didn't even need to watch that one, frankly. But I watched one trailer, said, okay, I'm going. So, like, I now don't need to, I don't want to see anything else. Anything else. I don't want to see anything else. And that was definitely, that was definitely my thoughts during the Dune Part 2 trailer that came out this year, that came out this week. Because it was like, okay, great. See, one trailer, it's like, the movie doesn't come out for like another, like, seven months yeah whatever it is you know what i mean and it's sort of like great there will probably be two or three more trailers in that time i don't need to see any of them because this was the first one that came out for this was the first one for part, part two. two yeah so like that that's good enough for me i think it made me more excited for part two i think leaving dune part one i was kind of wish-washy on the whole thing were you a bit bummed that you didn't get more zendaya Probably. She's, gonna, I, I she's think, gonna be in this one a lot. Because I think they kind of even from maybe it was the trailer or just that she was on the poster and her name was there, I was kinda like, Oh cool, she's in this movie. Yeah, no she's and not. like she wasn't. <laughs> no, she's not. Yeah, she's really not in the first one at all. <laughs> so I kind it was kind of almost like false advertising to me a little bit. Um but I think the part two just has more action or like a The part two is the war. Yeah. 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 So like where they where they cut the first movie and where they left us off like is a really good spot to do it because now the second half is is all revolution war um and so yeah like it, it's a good it was a logical spot to to leave off i i felt a little bit the same way of in terms of like I, the first time i watched dune anyways i was sort of like okay that looked great and you know everyone in it did a really good job but like it is only half the story. Yeah. So like, you know, you did sort of feel a little unsatisfied by it. The second time I we went through, I was like, oh, this is, this is really great. Um, and now that we're getting part two, like you'll be able to sort of put the two pieces together and, and come to a full understanding of how you feel about it all. But yeah, um, doing part two, like, yeah, I don't need to see anything more now. That's, no, you're sold. That's it. I'm sold. I'm already there. So the one though that I sort of did maybe a 180 on i don't know how how excited i actually am or not and we don't need to talk about it too too much because we probably will be talking about this movie in a few weeks 
but the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, first of all, horrible title. That's yeah. just a terrible title. It's just too long. It's well, like too they, long, too clunky, too. They all they all have that like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, all that sort of stuff. Um, but like the Dial of Destiny just kind of sounds like I don't know. Sounds like the Stone of Destiny. <laughs> yeah, well, like you're, what are you guys going after for a, a clock? Like, okay, yeah. great. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I remember seeing like a teaser trailer for it a couple months ago in front of some movie that yeah. I was going to see, and just thinking like, wow, that looks like a piece of shit. That looks so bad. It looks so unfinished. And then I, I watched the you know official trailer that came out recently, and yeah. I was sort of like, okay, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll walk it back. It doesn't oh. look that bad. Doesn't look that bad. Changing his tune. It's still a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, like how many can you have? Well, how many yeah. is too many? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I would have I would have said we've already hit that <laughs> limit, and I'll probably be saying something very similar in a few weeks. But um, yeah, like what did, what did you think of the Indiana Jones movie or trailer? I should say trailer. It's one of those series that I was late to watching, so I think I only just watched the first three. Because the first three came out kind of close together, right? And then the fourth one came out in the 2000s. Um, so it... I was late watching them. I like the idea because for me, museums, history, all of that sounded kind of fun. And for a very brief time, I thought I could be an archaeologist. I feel like with the fifth one, though, I'm going to have to go and watch the other ones. Because clearly there's something in this one, this dial that they have found... They talk about in other movies or it was seen in another movie or are they saying that and it never actually was like, I can't figure out that part. <laughs> I, I, I think it's been a long time. I came to the Indiana Jones movies late as well. Like I was, I was in my mid twenties before I watched them for the first time. So I don't, I don't really have a sort of love of them in yeah. the way it's other people who grew up with them do. Um, I can certainly point to like the first two being like really well, like the first three being really good. Um, I'll save my thoughts for number four, <laughs> but um, you know there, there's there's a, a pretty big tease of an episode coming yeah. up. But um, yeah, I just I like I sort of was like I don't know if we need this, um, but I, I probably will sit down and rewatch the, all of them in the yeah. lead up to this just to sort of refresh. It's not something. Like I said, I think I've watched them all once. I might have watched Raiders twice. Like, it's not something that I watch all that often. I don't have a nostalgic feeling for them. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not even something. Like, Star Wars, I don't necessarily love Star Wars either. But I do have memories of watching Star Wars when I was, like, eight years old, nine years old. And so there is that little feeling in the back of your head a little bit. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about Indiana Jones. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the last one, like you, you brought it up at the very beginning, um, the, the creator. creator. I'm just intrigued. I'm just intrigued. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that statement. I think my note for it is they kind of tease that the greatest weapon is obviously the kid. There's a robot kid in this. Um, and then my question then was, why is the greatest weapon always a child? Like, because <laughs> they'll fuck your life up. <laughs> they, they will destroy lives and uh. smile while doing it. But yeah, I would say I was kind of the same. I didn't know what to expect based off of the title. Um, so I was kind of watching that trailer. And then when it turned into robots and... AI. AI and them kind of rebelling against AI. And I think AI has kind of gotten too powerful. 
I then did have in my head you kind of being like the robots are going to take over the world, guys. Like there's some obviously some clear similarities between this and like the Terminator movies where AI has taken over now it's humanity versus AI. I think what keeps me intrigued because like that's that storyline is happens all the time. Yeah. Ten times a year, twenty times a year, we get movies similar to that. And you sort of can write them off as being schlocky and and whatever. What keeps me interested in this one, though, is Gareth Edwards, the director of this movie. He made a really tiny budget movie 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, called Monsters, which I just absolutely adored. I just loved it. Um, I thought it was so creative. And then he went on to make Rogue One, which of all the new Star Wars movies might be my favorite. Yes, I enjoyed that one. Of all the new ones, yeah. So I just think he's a really creative director, a really creative filmmaker, and um, the fact that he's clearly like still got the Star Wars cachet because like this looks like a big budget, yeah, world spanning type of movie. Like the the CGI in this is probably off the charts. All this sort of stuff. So, like, the fact that he still has that sort of cachet, that reputation, that he can command that amount of money for what looks to be a quote-unquote original story um, is intriguing. It's just intriguing. Like, I, I'm just... This could Interested. be... This could yeah. be awful. This could be terrible. But, you know, I think... Um, only time I, will tell. Only time will tell. I really like John David Washington, who's going to be the lead in this movie. I, like... It was not very long ago that I said that he should probably be the new James Bond. He's American. So I then pivoted to uh, the new Ethan Hunt for the Mission Impossible movies if and when Tom Cruise decides to hang it up. Yeah. Um, when he, Will he ever, though? Like when he when he's 90? I don't know. John John David Washington will have to wait till he's probably in his 70s to take over that role. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, There's just a lot of people involved in it where I'm sort of like, okay, I like all of you. Let's see what you can do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think this summer will be this summer and kind of into the fall. I think a lot of the release dates were kind of like October, November time. So the summer and fall will be interesting for me. Yeah, movies. I think I think a lot of people are clearing out for Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie, like why you, why bother kind of competing? It's Pick gonna, another time. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Like you either gotta come before or after because if you try and get yourself in there in those couple weeks, it's gonna be rough. Yep. So uh but we can move on. Onto to this week's episode. The movie this week. I teased it last week. I said you were getting a horror movie. Um, I didn't know which horror movie I was going to give you. There was a couple. And um, I'll probably circle back to a few um, yeah. in, oh. in the future. But this week we're going back to October 24th, 2003. For the movie 28 Days Later. And so Kate, for anyone out there who has not watched the movie. Give us a brief plot description. So, this movie follows Killian Murphy, who plays Jim, who basically wakes up in the hospital, and everybody in London has disappeared. (laughs) And he just wanders around London to kind of start the movie, kind of confused, doesn't know what's going on, and he runs into these two people who have said a virus, an infection, something, had gotten loose or had spread, And everybody got this rage, as they called it. And they were just trying to survive. And so he then kind of meets some other people along the way. They get themselves to this army barricade. Things happen there. (laughs) Um, 
So there's a yeah. lot of yada yada going on. Yeah. There, there, I guess like, you know, when you break it down, there's maybe not a whole lot of plot. But, no. Um, but a lot happens. Yes. A lot happens, I would say, I think it's what, almost two hours. A lot happens, I found, in the second hour. the Kind of the second half of the movie for me. Oh, okay. Okay. The start... I couldn't figure out where it was going. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what kind of story they were trying to tell. I couldn't figure out any of that at the start, which like sometimes makes a great movie because it keeps you interested. But then I was also there being like, but I don't get it. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's, so... go, let's go back right to the beginning. Let's go back right to the beginning. So the opening scene is actually the PETA animal rights yeah. protesters breaking into a laboratory to free... Chimps. Chimps. Who are who, who have been infected with rage. Well, they yeah, they don't know that. They just know that they're being tested on. And they're then warned that they're, these chimps have been infected with this virus called rage. And that it's very transmissible. Um, and, you know, one drop in your blood system or, or you know, uh, if you get bitten or anything like that. Yeah, any exchange yeah, of yeah, any ex bodily. any exchange of fluids. And it's pretty instantaneous. Yeah, I think somebody said 10 to 20 seconds or yeah. something. So. And so we'll probably use this term, but it is maybe a little bit, you know, there's an asterisk here of this is a zombie movie, but yes. it's also not a zombie. See, movie. I wouldn't call them zombies at all. Okay, so so why why not? Why not? <laughs> so for me, zombies are people who come back from the dead and who eat brains is my definition of zombies because that would be the zombie movies I would know. So I wouldn't call these guys zombies. So as I was watching the movie, I was like, I don't know how to refer to you in this podcast because they're not technically dead. They're not dead. No. Right? No, and they're just infected. They're just infected. And then they don't eat. They don't, they don't kind of want to eat anybody. They're just... Well, they do eat. They do eat. But they don't eat each other. No, but zombies never eat each other. <laughs> you don't eat each other. You go after... But like food. they're not trying to eat somebody else. Yes, they are. Yes. That's how the movie oh, ends. Oh, see. To, to, to jump all the way to the <laughs> ending. <laughs> they, they are starving to death because there's no more food around. Oh, see, I would have argued that they were trying to infect more people. And stuff. Have them have their race or whatever to grow. What to what end? I don't know. To what end? You'd be a horrible zombie. You gotta <laughs> I, eat. You gotta eat. They're, oh, they're running. I, I would have been... So, spoiler if we want to do spoilers or whatever. But when Killian finds his parents and they're dead in the bed, I was like, yep, yeah, that would have been me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, like, you want to talk about, like, a zombie movie and, like, they go out peacefully with sleeping pills. Like, yep. that's the way to go. That, yeah. Oh my god. But the only thing that broke my heart is that they had the photo of him as a kid saying, We left you sleeping and now we're sleeping. Don't wake up. And I was just like, Well, of course he's gonna wake up. Like Here here's my only nit with that <laughs> with that scene. My only nitpick is that they're holding the photo. Yeah. Jim's in the hospital sleeping. Like the photo should be at Jim's bedside table. So if and when he wakes up, he immediately can see the photo. Yeah. To hold on to it yourselves, like Jim has to wake up, figure out what's going on, get, get to there. get to you without dying. Yep. And then see the photo and be like, oh, okay, they they hoped that I would peacefully pass as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. The they, thing I also didn't understand, why is Killian Murphy naked at the beginning of this movie? What person in the hospital is ever butt naked? 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how or why that happened because what has clearly happened is that they've locked him in that room and then they they throw the key under the door. So that's how he has the key. Right? Oh. Yeah. So oh, I missed that. He's bit. been he's been locked in that room. Um, so why he's naked, I I don't really understand. Um, but yeah, he it's a hell of a way to start your movie. Just yeah. A naked Killian Murphy on the bed. Some people are gonna be really into that. Yeah, I was really confused. For me, it was giving me like COVID flashback. Yeah. Um, because like he's just wandering through London and there is not one person not even another soul like there's no cats or dogs or there's nothing. Uh, li- literally nothing else is there and i was just like yep nope those were some of the scenes that we had at the beginning of the pandemic like it's, it's probably the most well-known part of this movie the first 10 or 15 minutes where he wanders through downtown london yeah like he's, buckingham palace buckingham like, palace big the, ben yeah, the whole like, thing he's going through the big sites yeah and there's not a soul around and like Apparently they filmed it at about, I think like five in the morning and they could only do it in like 10 minute increments uh, okay. before they had to let the traffic through. Um, but yeah, like some of, and like Danny Boyle, like he doesn't cheat. This is what I love about Danny Boyle. You know, you could easily film that if you were doing close up tight shots yeah. of Killian Murphy walking through the streets and you only needed to clear like 50 feet. He's giving you wide shots of the yeah. entire city <laughs> of like bridges of bridges <laughs> and downtown streets as far as the eye can see and he's just like no we are shutting it all down and yeah. and you know they're going to be clean streets here um have you have you small ever- detour though danny boyle he's the guy that directed like the london olympics he is right the okay the london olympics yes when i read the name i was like i think that's how i know you it's so. it's a little i like <laughs> It's a little depressing that that's how you know him and not the movies that he directed, including Train Spotting, my favorite movie of all time. I haven't watched that but, yet. You haven't made that a challenge for yeah, me. That's, that's from the 90s. We'll get there. Um, beyond COVID, have you ever had a 28 days later moment of like walking through a city or walking through an area and just being like, I think I might be the only person here? Um, Probably in Guelph. Uh, either like walking to morning classes or coming home from like parties and things like that. Yeah, talk about a ghost town. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one time I was trying to leave my friend's house and from my friends to my place was a five minute walk or a 10 minute walk or something. And so I was about to walk out and the fog had come in and it the street was just covered. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this is like the start of a horror movie. And I like just didn't go back to my own house that night. I think I just crashed on my friend's, like on my friend's couch. Cause I was like, yeah, no, we're do- we don't need to do this. <laughs> like this is considered a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. It's like horror light for me, I think. So like this was a good kind of first step because this would be my first horror movie under this umbrella. Oh I yeah. W- yeah, yeah. I would yeah, tend yeah, to yeah. do thrillers. I've yeah. done a lot of thriller movies. But yes, horror movie, this is probably the first. Well, what I what I wanted to do, or what I was trying to do with this pick anyways, like, you did watch The Last of Us. I did not. Oh, you did not? Okay. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought you had been watching it. I don't know why I missed it, because both Mama and Chris were watching it. Um, but I must have just missed when they started, and then they realized that they were watching, I think, one episode apart. And so then they just started to watch it together. So I, yeah. Well, so the, my thinking around 
28 days later and, and one of the reasons that I love the movie so much is that the first half of the movie is sort of, I don't want to say your typical zombie movie, but it is more of a typical zombie movie in terms of like, that's the threat. Every time you leave your hiding place, there is a threat that the zombies will attack you. And the zombies in this movie, like we should say, this was not the first movie to do it, but it was certainly one of the first ones to like popularize the whole fast zombie thing. And so before this, zombies were kind of slow and they would just walk and, yeah. you know, creep along. Here they are sprinting. They yeah. are flat out <laughs> running and chasing you. And so like there's a great moment early on where Jim, uh, I think it's like his first or second day out of the coma. And like he just cannot move because he is crashing because all he's got in his system is sugar. Yeah. And he has no fat and he like he just has no energy. Yeah. But the zombies are coming. And so he needs to fucking move it. Um, and so I think because there's that in the first half, it then shifts in the second half. And like you said, they end up at a military barracks um, because they hear the transmission over the radio is saying like, you know, we have the answer yep. to the rage virus, you know, come here. It'll be safe. All this sort of shit. And they go there and it's very much not safe. I was going to say, I and, think the second half is more terrifying. Well, that's exactly it. That's exactly me. it. Is that the second half, because it stops being this monster movie and starts being a movie about how terrifying mankind is yep. when, when we're desperate and when we're, you a know, different kind of monster, I would say, but, but one that like you can look at and be like, yeah, I believe that. You yep. know what I mean? Like you, you can watch the zombie stuff and be like, yeah, that'd be scary. But ultimately it is still a monster that like doesn't exist. Yep. Whereas the soldiers at the end of the movie are just like, that's fucking terrifying. Like if you were stuck there yeah. and you had these fucking psychos being your like protectors yeah. and defense, be like Jesus Christ, like I would have taken my chances with the zombies. And I think like that shift in the movie I just, I absolutely love that that's how the movie starts. And then that's where the movie, like the movie ends and like the zombies kind of aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. They're not worried about the zombies No, you're anymore. not. Yeah, exactly. Like Jim releases the zombie yeah. to help out <laughs> <laughs> against the soldiers. <laughs> like the soldiers are the ones who are actually the, the real villains, the ones that you need to be worried about. And um, yeah, I just think like to sort of dip your toe into that or sort of be like, here's a monster movie. But ultimately, the really scary bits aren't really about the monsters at all. Yeah. Um. I that was kind of my that thinking. was your thinking. That was kind of my thinking around it because I had I I did think you had been watching The Last of Us, which does something very similar in terms of like some episodes are very much about the threat of the zombies, and other episodes are like no, like fucking mankind are messed up mm. when when it's the apocalypse and. Yeah. The world is collapsed, like not even just then, but especially then, you know, you need to be very careful who you hang out with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this movie, this movie does that very well. <laughs> we should probably talk about some of the characters because I think like it's not very often that you get characters like this in a quote unquote horror movie. But like we've got Jim, who's Killian Murphy, who is our main character. Yeah. He's the one who we sort of, we, we, we see everything through uh, because he's new to this world as well. I will say, I don't know if I've seen many where he 
is like the good guy. For me, I've seen a lot more of his later movies where he's kind of the bad guy or like the weird guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like that's because you're coming. Batman yeah, you're yeah. you're talking about like Nolan movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he is definitely like it's so, th- it's tough to say. Like he's not necessarily the bad guy in Inception. He's just like the Mark. Yeah, he, he just not he's not our hero, but he's not necessarily a bad guy. But yeah, the the Batman movies, he's definitely a villain. But yeah, um, so it was kind of nice to see him in a bit of a different role. Um, I was very happy when I saw Brendan Gleeson. Brent, that's my fucking guy. That's because oh, I love Brendan Gleeson. I also have never seen him because once again, I would know him from Harry Potter and later movies. So to see him so young kind of threw me for a second. And I was sitting downstairs and I think I was watching with mom and Chris and I was like, oh, that's Brendan Gleeson. Cause I could hear his voice through his balaclava yeah. and stuff. And then about 30 seconds later, he's still talking through the balaclava and mom's like, oh, I think that's Brendan Gleeson and stuff. And I was like, yep. Yeah. That's- <laughs> Thanks mom. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Um, but so it was great to see him. It broke my heart. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> The last person that we kind of need to bring up okay. is Naomi Harris as Selena, yep. um, who I just flat out love in this movie. I think she is such a great character because it does this thing, too, where Selena and Jim kind of meet up earlier on in the movie. But again, because Jim's coming out of a coma, he doesn't understand anything. And Selena, like, it's only 28 days, but Selena is an absolute veteran of surviving this world yeah she knows the ins she knows the outs she knows what needs to be done and i just think she's like just the ultimate survivor she's just no nonsense um and like they don't necessarily talk about it all that much but i think you get the sense that like she's seen some real shit in the last four weeks and you know at this point she is out for number one well yeah and like they had so when he first meets up with two people. He meets up with Selena and this other guy, Mark. Yeah. Um, and they kind of set Jim his rules. You don't go out by yourself. Like if something happens to somebody, you know, you've got one heartbeat, one heartbeat to make that decision, what you're going to do. And then, yeah, Selena just takes no nonsense. Sadly, when Mark gets infected, she's just like, nip, sorry, Mark. <laughs> and dead he is. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it, obviously in the early parts, but then in the, Second half of the movie with the soldiers, Selena very much like recognizes what their game is, what they're trying to do. And so then she does walk this tightrope of like, I'm going to placate you enough to get some freedom, but like, I'm not going to push the envelope too much that you just sort of think of me as like a problem and get rid of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think, like, oh, I just love her character so much. The only thing that I didn't like is the romance between Jim and her. Sure. I just, like... Sure. I could kind of see why they were including it. I think it makes it a little bit more, like, everybody will find something that they enjoy in the movie. I just kind of found it, like, false. Well, I think I think there's definitely... I, I see where you're coming from. Because every time it does start, I'm always sort of like, oh, yeah this um because it always starts earlier than i remember it starting i always yeah. i always kind of remember it starting at the end of the soldier storyline where yeah. jim comes back to save them i think if it had started there i would have been like oh okay i think re-watching it this time 
I came to the understanding of like, they both think that this is like it. And so like you would just naturally gravitate to the other person in that situation in terms of like, you know, especially for her, like she's had four weeks of probably hell. Like you're going to look for some hope. You're going to look for some happiness, even if it's with someone who like just happens to be there. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're the, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's not, it's not that Killian Murphy's not a handsome guy, but like, I think you would just sort of be like, there's another adult here. Like, I'm naturally going to gravitate. Yeah, to but like, them. do you think her and Mark had a thing before? I think they probably did. Yeah. Before she killed him? <laughs> yeah, I think they probably did. I think they probably did. But like, that's why her killing him is so like indicative of her entire character, which is sort of like, as soon as he is bitten, he's no longer Mark. He is now about to be an infected An person. infected. And so she has to deal with it. And okay. so. Yeah, like, I, I hear you, I get you, and I don't think it, it ultimately, I don't think would change the story all that much, because I don't, I never get the sense that Jim comes back to save Selena and uh, Hannah, necessarily because he loves Selena. I think he's doing it because he recognizes the, like, the shitstorm that they're about to find yeah. themselves in with the soldiers. Um, but, and like, he, like, without, again, without making it a romantic thing... I think he identifies at the beginning of the movie he has he wakes up alone and his family are dead and by the end of the fa- by the end of the movie he has now kind of created this new family and I think he recognizes like I need to hold on to these two okay for as long as I can but I but I hear you like I think if you got rid of the overt romantic tones, yeah I think like more of a companionship yeah for me I would have just I don't think it would have mattered all that much but um but yeah Brendan Gleeson. As Frank, his death, my God. Okay, we're now talking about <laughs> we're, it? We're okay. not talking about it. we got to talk about it. Brendan Gleeson shows up, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes into this movie. Yeah. Um, he he has survived with his teenage daughter. Yeah. Um, I think she's like... Probably, I would say she's probably 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's probably younger than 16 because I think the whole thing about her driving oh, yeah. is very much like... She shouldn't actually be driving, but then there's also like nobody else around, so who cares? Yeah. Um, he kind of shows up and does like sort of instantly become this kind of father figure to everybody for Selena and Jim. Yeah. Um, and they all go off together, and it's just so heartbreaking because like ultimately to leave London to go to this barracks was his idea. Yeah. And then because he was so in London. Him and his daughter are living in an apartment. Yeah. They have a bunch of Christmas lights up on outside. Is that to attract using other people? I think for them th- to kind of be like, hey, we're actual people still. Like- yeah, I think I think that was definitely like them throwing up an SOS for other humans. Um I don't know how often infected would have gotten in. Like he he's quite clearly very prepared. Yeah, he had a bunch of uh, shopping carts and well i think again there, i think again that that is to aid people to get up the stairs but like i'm talking in terms of like he has weapons he has yeah. full face shields he's got you know leather armor to like stop the biting so like he's quite clearly dealt with infected before i think if you were dealing with infected on a nightly basis because of your lights display i think you'd think of another plan yeah so yeah i, I think that that's definitely for humans to sort of be like 
humans are here. Yeah, and then he had buckets up on the roof to try and collect rainwater. Try and collect rainwater. Because the city water was no longer safe now, right? Is what I was trying to... Um, I think it was just like... Or was it, it was just off? off. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I think there might have been a little bit about it being unsafe, but I think it was just also off. Like, there was just no pressure anymore. So, like, they couldn't flush the toilets. They couldn't... Yeah. There was no running water in the taps, anything like that. So, yeah, I think, I think it was just the pressure was off. But, yeah, his... Because, like, they get to the barricade and he's like, no, they have to be here. Like, we got here. It's they have to be deserted, here. deserted, yeah. It's now deserted. He's going, got to check the cars. Like, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. And then there's the dead body up above or something. And he gets a, there's a crow yeah. attacking it. And he goes yeah. and yells at the crow and the drop of blood. And I was just like, no, please, no. Like, come on. And stuff. And so then when he's just trying to push his daughter away to keep her safe from himself, I was just like, oh my God, this is breaking my heart. And then, yeah, he gets shot or he's killed. And my note then is like, why the hell did the army people not show up 30 seconds earlier? Like yeah. they could have saved him. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then you don't get a movie. But then you don't, so. Yes. You don't get a movie. And I don't know. They probably were watching, realized that that's his kid. There was no way they, they were going to bring him to the... The house if they oh, yeah. wanted women. Oh, yeah. So. And I, I think like the the real thing that plays with uh, with Frank's death is that, again, the movie and Danny Boyle, like, he's so good at this. But there are like there are ebbs and flows to the story, right? So like the first half is quite intense because you are more or less dropped into a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And you have to get up to speed really quickly. When they leave London... The story takes this really long sort of second half or like second act where it's like quite calm and quite gentle. They're and just driving. They go to the grocery store and they have a great time going like raiding the grocery store yeah, of all which, the foods. Why was that not raided before? Why was that not ransacked? Everywhere else has been ransacked except that one grocery store. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hear you. I think ransacked is... I, I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I think the, the virus just infected people so quickly that there probably are a lot of places like that okay where like humans just didn't get there and okay. haven't gotten there because like the thing like it's only been a month that's true you know what i mean so like i wouldn't be going out to the grocery <laughs> store <laughs> all that often you know what i mean like we when we meet selena and mark they're holed up in i think like a convenience store and at, so i at like a train station at a train station yeah. so i think you would if you found yourself in a spot like that, you would just sort of be like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm chill. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to go out that often. Uh, but I hear you. It's, it's a note worth taking. Um, but yeah, like they do that. They go off on this drive through the country. They're going from London to Manchester. Um, they just like kind of take the time. They have a bit of a, a, a picnic and a camp out. And it's just like really gentle. And it's not that you haven't forgotten the movie that you're actually watching. But when that happens to Frank, you're just like, oh, fuck, right. Like, yeah. We're in this kind of movie. This this couldn't have been nice the whole time. Like, yeah. We we are in a horror movie. This is going to get bad again. And it's just like, god damn it. It's every time. Every time. It gets you? It gets you. Because it's just like, fuck, it's one drop of blood. Yeah. Like, Frank. But, yeah. And then we move on to the soldiers. I So my note for when they first appear is the army guys are weird. Because I didn't know what was about to happen, but I was like, "You guys are weird, and yeah. I don't get you." Like, They're and then I think I just putting. stopped taking notes because now I was just like, "I am in the movie at that point." Like before, I was, 
But then I was just like, no, I just need to watch. Stop taking notes. What is happening? <laughs> so, yeah. I, th I think the, um, I never really picked up on it before, but it's very, very quick that the, um, I can't remember his name now, um, that the sergeant tells Jim the ultimate plan of like, we're going to turn these two women into sex slaves. Oh, Henry, the Henry West. Major Henry, Henry West, Henry West. Major and, Henry West. Yeah, Major Henry West. Sorry, not sergeant. Sorry, that's my mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he, he kind of like, drops a little hint pretty quickly after meeting them that like we need to repopulate yeah and the only thing that's gonna happen is there's two women around and there's like nine guys ten guys and so but they they don't dwell on that yeah and but he kind of says it and then they move on they move on and and watching through this time i was like oh fuck like they're not even like they're not pretending they're not even hiding the fact that this is their plan and it's just like christ now now we're in a horror movie yeah and so like i think at this point is when i started to see selena like she had been kind of a protector before for hannah but hannah still had her dad and killian was there this is when she was just like oh no like i need to protect this kid yeah like she is like we said probably maybe 14 or 15 like we don't think she's 16 even like this poor girl is now going to have a horrible life. She's now seen her dad die in yeah. front of her. Yeah. And now these guys are going to rape her yeah. and stuff. And so when she, when Selena gets the guys out of the bathroom, cause they're, they want the girls to be pretty or whatever. Yeah, to change into the nice clothes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and she opens her bag and you kind of then are reminded that she's a chemist. Yeah. <laughs> so she has all these drugs. I was like, Oh cool. She's just going to kill herself. And Hannah, I was like, awesome i'm for their deaths right now and then it was like oh no i'm just gonna give you valium so that you don't feel anything and i was like i probably would have just given her drugs to kill her <laughs> like, yeah 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 like we we should say like at this point um jim has already been um like banished Take, taken out and yeah thought, like, they thought he was killed they thought he was killed he, he was taken out of the house because he was quite clearly going to be a problem for the soldiers and um the two soldiers in charge of executing him fuck it up and he gets away yeah but ultimately he does get away into a wilderness filled with infected people so they're still sort of like yeah he's dead um and so yeah there i i again that's a fair <laughs> point that like maybe selena should have just given her enough drugs to kill her yeah right um yeah i don't know what her thinking there like, is i don't I can't think, really defend it yeah because i don't think she had enough thought or had the thought that Jim's great. He's going to get out of this. He's oh, going to come no. back and save us. Like, no, there was the, no thought of... Because the really fun thing about Jim or the really interesting thing about Jim is until that point, he is an incredibly passive... Person. Person. <laughs> yeah. And character. Like, he is not the sort of hero that you think would be the main character in a zombie movie. Like, the only person that he kills to this point is a child. Yeah. Um he very rarely is interested in any of the sort of violence or anything like that. Like his first instinct is always to run away yeah. and always just to get away from whatever the situation is. And it, it's Selena who is the one being like, she's the one wielding the machete. You know, she doesn't want to fight the zombies, but, but, but she knows that that's how she's going to keep surviving. Yeah, She knows how to do it and she will do it. And she believes that like, you know, she's done it before probably. And she thinks she'll probably do it again. And it is once Jim is then left to his own devices that he's sort of like, fuck, I need to 
I need to do something here. Yeah. And that's when the the, the flip gets the switch gets flipped for him. And just anything anything else about the the, the end of the movie? Like, I love. Did you pay attention to the music at all? I probably did, but I didn't make a note of it. Because like I said, at this point now, I stopped taking notes. I was just sitting there for more of the entertainment, I okay. guess, of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I think I only bring up the, the music because there's a part during... Is it a, the, is it a song that I should have recognized no, no, that no, it's no, been no, in other no, movies? No, 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 not necessarily. Not necessarily. But I think uh, like Danny Boyle and, and the other filmmakers on the movie, like the scene at the very beginning when Jim is walking through London... Yeah. Starts off pretty gentle and quiet and, you know, because Jim doesn't know anything terrible as actually happens. It's a bit strange that the, the hospital is empty. Um, but as he starts to uncover more and more and sort of becomes more and more desperate that there's nobody around, the music gets more and more intense to yeah. sort of, you know, fill you with that feeling. And they do something very similar at the house with the soldiers where... When it starts, when Jim's attack on the house starts, it is quite sort of like in the background and it's not really, you know, it doesn't really take over yet. But by the end of the attack, when he is like fully lost his own humanity in terms of, to, in terms to save these, yeah. these two women, like the music is just flat out. And like, I, every time I watch the movie, I'm sort of like, like, oh, like. My heart is racing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is extremely intense now. And yeah, every time he just like, eh, it's just good filmmaking. Like, it's really, really good stuff. Well, and like I've said a few times, I couldn't, sometimes with movies, I can kind of predict where they're going to go, even kind of roughly like, oh, people will get out of the situation or they won't or whatever. I honestly didn't know how this one was going to turn out because when Jim comes back, he is... Once again, almost naked. I think he has pants on or shorts yeah, or something. He's lost his shirt, that's all. He's lost his shirt this time. Don't be, he's don't kind be such of, a Puritan. He's like covered in blood and stuff and he drops in and is attacking somebody. And I, for a brief second, was like, Selena's going to kill him. She's going to think he's now infected yep. because, you know, he's been out in the wilderness by himself for a couple hours. Of course, he's gone and attacked. And, well, and like, he's not acting like he has acted yeah. for the last <laughs> number of days that they've known each other. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, Killian Murphy is also going to die in this movie. Like, this is going to take a weird turn if our main guy dies and stuff. And so, yeah, I then did laugh when he, like, steps into the light and you can kind of see his face is still relaxed or, like, not the infected face that they kind of have talked about. And so then they start kissing and Hannah comes in and beats him over the head with yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. She thought she was being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> So that one made me laugh. But yeah, the thing that I didn't, because he's done it, he does it twice. And then the very last scene, they kind of do it almost a third time. When he walks into an intense situation, he just goes, hello? And like waits for somebody to respond to yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's like that's not where... how I would go into, you know, a church filled with dead bodies. Well, yeah, they, like they look like dead bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Like he just, Hello? Uh, yeah, I, I I get it. I get it. Um, your point there about being worried that Jim, our main character, was going to die. Yeah. Leads me to ask, like, did you watch the alternate ending? No. Okay, so there... There, there is one? Yeah, there's, oh, okay. a, there's an alternate ending that I think they filmed and then realized that they didn't like. 
and that ending does have Jim die. Oh, okay. So he, when he gets shot at the, you know, at the, when they're escaping the house, he gets, he gets shot in the stomach. The end of the movie originally was that they were going to end up at a hospital um, and Hannah and Selena were going to try and operate on Jim and save his life, but that he was just going to pass away. And so he was going to die in a hospital like he had just woken up in a hospital. And they were just going to walk out and sort of, that's the end of the movie. Okay. Um, And then I, I don't know if they ever actually showed it to people or if they just watched it themselves and then sort of said, no, we don't like this. And so that's where we get the more hopeful ending of a plane flying through and, and seeing their signs. And Jim, Selena, and Hannah are, are sort of living together as this family. And they have sort of found hope and 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 something to live for. So, yeah. Which, I think, en- which ending do you prefer? I, I prefer the one that we got. I prefer yeah, the one that we got. hopeful ending? Yeah, like, I think sometimes hopeful endings are, like, earned in, in movies like this. And I think 28 Days Later is definitely one where it's sort of like, these characters have been through enough. Like, they deserve... That's true. They deserve to, you know, ride off into the sunset and, and be happy. Um, like, there, there's enough work done to to make me be like, yeah, they are a family. Like, just let them go enjoy themselves. And, yeah. Yeah, because in the middle of the movie, or at some point in the movie, they all think that the world has been infected. Yeah. But near the end, we find out that, no, it's only the United Kingdom or yeah. England or whatever yeah. whatever term you want to use, um, that the rest of the world is still fine because the infected can't go through water or, like, can't swim. I well, guess. yeah, like, the, it just didn't... It just didn't spread i guess yeah Yeah. like yeah like i don't think the infected they do certainly it's another sort of zombie trope but like they do certainly um seem to only be attracted to living people and so like it's not like there's going to be an infected person down in dover and just be like i wonder if i swim that way will i find land like you know i mean like that's not going to be and i guess you in their mindset they weren't letting people get on planes and trains because they were infected so quickly it wasn't like it took a week yeah for the infected to, well that's it like the they, they, to... they turn so quick that yeah, yeah if, if somebody was infected on a plane like that i think you just turn the plane around or like the plane would crash you know yeah. like it's not going to get to its destination because the infected would kill everybody on yeah. board but so like at the end they spell out hello to attract a plane would you have spelled hello or would you have you know done sos like i probably would have done sos because <laughs> Like they, they do it by sewing sheets together and I don't know how yeah. to do that. So like, I think I could do SOS, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd have this, the, I guess if all you had to do was so you'd, you'd figure out how to do it pretty quickly, but yeah, that, that's a much bigger message than I'd be so sending should, out to Should the we world. teach you how to sew so that you can save yourself? Um, I'd like to know a how to sew. Zombie yeah, yeah. apocalypse. Why not? I'd like to know how to sew. This does have a sequel that. I, I did wonder if the, the 28 weeks later or yeah. something is what it's called weeks yeah. yeah i wondered if that was a sequel or kind of a sister movie to it or something no no so. no it's definitely a sequel i think the i don't even think the rumors anymore but um don't quote me on it but i think danny boyle there's there's an opening scene in 28 weeks later um sort of like pre-credits like it's like 10 minutes or 12 minutes and then you get the credits and then sort of the movie, the movie starts yeah okay. um on those that opening scene, I think Danny Boyle actually did direct second unit stuff. So like first unit is usually like 
with the actors. Second unit would be like establishing shots and, you know, things that the director maybe doesn't have time. You know, it would be a quick shot of like, here's a house. Okay. You know, all that sort of shit. And I think Danny Boyle did direct all of that. Um, but it is a different director and it's a different writer, I think. But it does flesh out maybe some of your questions about the wider world. Okay. And and this uh, outbreak, this infection um, and everything like that. And to be honest, I haven't watched it now in a long time. But it's not bad. It's a pretty decent, pretty good horror sequel that doesn't... Like, I would say 28 Days Later has a lot more on its mind than just being a zombie movie. Yeah. You know, it brings up a lot of ideas. It brings up a lot of conversations. And 28 Weeks Later also does that. Like, not the same ones different ones and then it's sort of like but we know that you're here for a zombie movie as well so here's a couple zombies so here's some zombies for you okay and so yeah it's a pretty good sequel i think is it in the 2000s or was it later i honestly can't remember i think it's like 2007 2008 i can't remember now um but it's got like a pre-fame jeremy renner it's got a pre-fame uh rose Byrne. um i think robert carlisle is in it so, you know, there's there's another connection to train spotting. 2007. 2007. So, we could talk about it, we probably won't, but um yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad. I guess just before we wrap up here, I do have to just ask like did I enjoy it? Well, like <laughs> was it scary? Did it scare you? The second half scared me more. Okay. The second half with the army people, that that was, that was the true horror movie for me. Is that because you could you can identify like when humans go nuts, we are yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. zombies are kind of made up. Yeah, probably. Um, I think for the zombies, yeah, I think it's just more the rational brain of me. Me being like, I know that there are guys out in the world that would probably do that and have done that and will do that. For me, zombies are still just, you know, the guy, the slow people that eat brains, so... Not anymore. Now they now they run. Uh, should we tease next week's episode? Sure. What do you want to do? You want to tease? So I guess next week we have tackled a couple franchises before. Yeah. Um, we've always started with the first movie. And you said you didn't like the first one of this one. No, think, no, no. Or you said the second one was better, though. Well, that's... that's. Sorry, the second one was better. That's, not that you liked. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. We've always done the first movie and then sort of been like, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about two and three and however many there are. This one next week, because a sequel is being released in theaters, we will be skipping over the first movie and going straight to the sequel. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's the best in... The whole, the whole franchise, like there's now like four franchises in this franchise. (laughs) The best of this character. I still think it's the best movie with this character. And so that's what we'll be talking about next week. So we'll see everybody then. Mm